0: Let's talk about plan b's every plan a needs a plan b and a plan a typically is when as your financial advisor we help somebody with budgeting with savings goals with strategies uh, whether it's tax superannuation retirement investing even estate planning but essentially these are your strategies these are your plan a which is if everything goes right your plan b is essentially if things go wrong and this is where things like life insurance come in now life insurance many people have different experiences with life insurance and today what I want wanted to do was talk about the different types of life insurance that exist and to sort of give you an idea as to how they all work in their individual ways and also to help answer some of the questions such as do I really need it is it worth having you know it's I do need to drop a bit of a disclaimer in that everything I'm going to talk about today varies slightly potentially depending on the insurance company or the product you're looking at Um, and even it will vary depending on when you're listening to this episode because at the moment as we speak, there are some changes in our industry that are occurring and more than likely in a year, two years or even potentially later this year, the insurance landscape will look very different. So first of all, life insurance, every plan A needs a plan B, as I said, and I'm going to be the first, one of the first people to say this and just to put it out there. And I say this to my clients very regularly. I hate life insurance. I hate paying for anything, especially insurance. To me, I just see it as literally a necessary evil. I mean, who likes paying for anything, right? And... It's a necessary evil. And it's, it's one of those things where depending on the stage of life that you're at, you may need it more or less. And what I mean by that is, for example, somebody that potentially is, you know, somebody that's young, that has debt, somebody that has children, especially if they're young children, that person will need a lot more insurance than somebody, for example, that is about to retire and has no debt Children are all grown up, they've all moved out of the house and they've got plenty of savings and plenty of super, for example, you know, or even someone that's young that has no mortgage, no debts. They're all going to need different levels of insurance. I'm not saying none of, they all need no insurance but I'm saying they're all going to need different levels of insurance. And as a financial advisor, the way we work is it's our job to sort of have that discussion with you and work out technically how much insurance you should have. So we do something normally called a a needs analysis. Every advisor calls it something different, but we essentially sit down and have a discussion with you to work out in the event of something occurring, how much cover do you think you'd most likely need? And, And we also facilitate that discussion with you with facts and figures and we talk to you about it to figure out what's important to you, what you need, and to sort of come up with a bit of a formula or a, you can call it, a needs analysis as to how much insurance you should you should have. And this will change over time. You know, It may even change yearly because as you get older, if you have less debt, if you have more savings, if you have more investments, if you have children and they're now older, you technically don't need as much insurance as you did the year before. That's assuming nothing else has changed. You know, obviously, if your income increases, if you've taken on more debt, like you've just bought a bigger house or you've taken on a mortgage, that changes your circumstance. Um, And also, don't forget, a lot of what I've just said in the last few minutes relates to financial figures. It's very quantitative as to, you know, how much insurance you would need, etc. But there's also the other side of things. There's, There's the emotional side of having insurance. Like, for example, somebody may really not need any death cover at all. But that person would sleep at night knowing that they have a million dollars of life insurance, knowing that if something was to happen to them, their family has that money, even though they technically don't need it. You know, So it's not just all figures. A lot of it does come down to emotion. And the other side of emotion is the fact that sometimes I'll work out that somebody needs this much insurance, but they'll say, look, I only feel comfortable paying X amount, or look, I'd rather half that insurance figure because... I'd feel comfortable, more than comfortable, my family receiving that amount if something was to happen. So it can go both ways. It can really go both ways. And I would say it's sort of equal. You know, half the time it's, I don't want to pay that much, which is fair enough because you have to be comfortable with how much you're paying. And you don't want to look back and have any regrets wishing you had less or more cover if something was to happen to you. So really it's about owning the decision as to what insurance you have, how much of it you have. As an advisor, all we can do is advise, recommend, explain, discuss the pros and cons the 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 ins and outs i get essentially of having life insurance and the decision ultimately is, is with with yourself as to how much insurance you have and what cover you have so i want to talk about the four different types of insurance now and what they all are to explain the difference between them because there are a few different there, there are a few misconceptions around insurance and what they cover so first of all and again there are potentially more types of insurance but these are the four main categories that you'd come across. So the first one is death cover so life cover and this pays a lump sum when you die Um, and this would normally go straight to your family or to your estate or your beneficiaries. The second one is total and permanent disability cover Um, and again this pays a lump sum payment um, to help with rehabilitation and living costs and just to re-clarify the name it's total and permanent disability cover so it's not if you've broken your arm essentially it's it's a bit more serious than that the third one is trauma cover um, so trauma cover covers you if you were diagnosed with a major illness and i'll get into trauma cover in a moment but it's it's essentially sometimes it's called terminal illness and it covers you upon diagnosis and the most common illnesses that it covers you for are a heart attack stroke or cancer and that's what most people know it as but most trauma covers will cover other things such as severe sight, loss of limbs, heart disease, liver disease. But again, it depends on the insurance policy and it depends on the insurance company, which is why you always need to read the product disclosure statements. Uh, and the fourth one is income protection. Um, and this pays for some of your income if you can't work due to illness or injury. So, and that's normally a monthly payment. So when it comes to insurance, the product disclosure statement, the PDS, I know it's not the most exciting thing in the world. I know that. Essentially, you know, sometimes I just think it's there for us, for financial planners and lawyers to read. But really, it is important for you to read it because it really explains what's covered, what's excluded. Um, they're actually not that bad. Once you start reading a product disclosure statement, you'll find that they're normally laid out very clearly for you to be able to find the information that you need to find as well. Um, and in the event of a claim, it will become so important to you because you will read every single page that's related to your particular situation. You know, if if a claim depends on that product disclosure statement. In it, they'll explain what information you need to give an insurance company, um, information on premiums, um, the structure, how they change over time, um, what the waiting periods are on a policy, um, how you can make a claim, how you can complain if you're not comfortable or happy with a decision from an insurance company. Um, But everything that you need to know so that... You understand what you're getting yourself into, basically. So death cover, and I really, in the future, I really hope to do a episode on each of these in a lot more detail. But what I'll do is I'm just going to briefly discuss um, each one of these. So the first one, death cover. So life cover, death cover, it's also called term life insurance, pays a lump sum payment when you die. And the money goes to the people that you nominate as beneficiaries on that policy. If you haven't named a beneficiary, um, if the money is held within super, the super trustee um, will decide where the money goes. And if the, the policy is held outside of superannuation, because life cover can be held in and outside of super, the estate then decides where the money goes. And sometimes life cover can come with a terminal terminal illness cover where it will pay a lump sum payment if you're diagnosed with a terminal illness with a very limited life expectancy. So it is possible to actually still be alive and receive a payout from your life cover. The other type of life cover that many people will see is accidental death cover um, or accidental life cover. Sorry if I'm using multiple terms here, but you know what I mean. Um, And this is very different to life cover because this only pays out if you die from an accident. So if you die from an illness, a disease, something that isn't an accident, it normally wouldn't pay out. And these types of policies normally have a few exclusions to them. Um, And again, you just need to read the product disclosure statement to see what the exclusions are. Because sometimes looking at a brochure or looking at the front cover of a product disclosure statement isn't enough. You need to literally delve into it and actually understand the ins and outs. And as I said earlier, death cover normally would would be money that is paid towards debts Replacing income if you have children when you die um, funeral costs Essentially there are other needs as well if, if somebody has a business they may the business might take out some death cover You know in the event if something happens to one of their key Employees or key members or key directors that they need to be able to Continue to be sustainable. There's there are so many different ways that life cover can be used um, and, and again as your advisor, it's our job to talk to you about these things. And like for example, when it comes to insurance, um, and this applies to all insurance, by the way, there are different types of premium structures. So there are stepped premiums, there are level premiums. Some insurers have different types, which is a blend between both of them. But essentially, the difference between stepped and level premiums are that stepped premiums are recalculated at each policy renewal, and they normally increase every year based on the fact that, you know, the older you are, the more likely you are to claim. Whereas level premiums will charge you a lot more, may not be a lot more, but they'll charge you a higher premium at the start of the policy. and But the cost after that isn't based on your age as you get older. Now, while level premium sounds like a bit of a no-brainer, the current economic climate and the current landscape in the insurance industry at the moment has actually challenged the benefit of level premiums. And this is where it's important to talk to your financial advisor, again, to work out which type of structure is better for you. Because a lot of it will come down to your age the insurance company, the cost, how long you expect to keep the insurance for. You know, what we do is we normally look at projections. We normally do calculations to work out how long it would actually take to see the benefit of insurance, you know, because it, um, so to see the benefit of level premiums, because sometimes the benefits, pff, forget it, it's it's way too long. You know, if some, somebody only needs insurance for 10 years, but we work out it's going to take 20 years for level premiums to work out better for that person, then we won't obviously recommend level premiums, but again, every situation is completely different. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a free 15 minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au. When it comes to insurance, and again, this applies to all insurance, and I'm talking about life cover here, and I'm going back to, I guess, a bit of a general discussion, but just to let you know, cost is not everything. If not, cost is probably the least important factor when choosing life insurance. Um, The most important part are the benefits, the features, what the exclusions are, what the waiting periods are, limits on cover. Um, Cost is very important, but as I said, it's like anything, you get what you pay for. Um, Saying that, as an advisor, it's our job normally to weigh up cost and obviously try to get cheaper deals, better pricing on premiums for clients, but, Firstly, and most importantly, is to have quality cover because there's no point paying for a cheap policy that's not going to be there when you need it. The second type of cover um, that I wanted to talk about is total and permanent disability insurance. So this is insurance cover for a permanent illness or injury. So going back to the name, total and permanent disability. So if there's a permanent disability and a permanent injury or illness can make it difficult or impossible to return to work and TPD cover provides a financial safety net to help support you and your family to pay for medical and rehabilitation costs. Now, it's normally a lump sum payment that's paid out. Well, It is a lump sum payment that's paid out, Um, and there are a few different types of definitions when it comes to total and permanent disability. The first one is own occupation cover, and the second is any. And this also applies to income protection, by the way, which I'll get to in a moment. Now, own occupation cover is if you are unable to work again in the job that you were working before your disability, you can claim. Now, this cover is more expensive because as you can assume, it's a lot easier to claim on compared to any occupation cover, which is if you are ever if you are unable to ever work again in any job suited to your education, training or experience. So, essentially it just means that if you currently work as a laborer, but you used to work in something that's more office-based. It could potentially mean that your claim cannot, won't, wouldn't be accepted if you were to claim on that type of cover. And again, I say potentially because so many factors come into this. So it's, uh, you know, I, I know some people that have had claims for any occupation TPD cover without any issues whatsoever. Um, but saying that, I know a lot of horror stories as well. So it's it, it is important to. Understand the difference between the two and again, this is where proper financial advice helps Um, now tpd cover normally covers again So just to recap total and permanent disability is nicknamed tpd cover um, Because you would have heard both terms and seen them both. Maybe Um, This cover can be held again inside and outside of superannuation and it's normally there to cover living costs for you and your family um, to pay off debt such as mortgages credit cards medical and rehabilitation costs um, and savings that you want for retirement. So it's important to again as part of that needs analysis to work at technically how much insurance you would need if something happened um, and, and as I said there are different premium structures just like death cover and you don't get you know you get what you pay for in a way as well so you need to also look at these things to really understand what you're getting yourself into and what type of policy is right for you but again as you're listening to this episode more and more, you're probably starting to realize that there's a lot more to it with insurance than just ticking a box and setting something up. There is a lot more to it from structure to the type of policy, to the insurance company, to the structure of the premium, to how the premium's paid. Um, All these different things can really make a massive difference when it comes to claim time as to whether you actually get paid or not, or whether it's a walk in the park and it's a very straightforward process, or whether it just becomes a nightmare. The third one is income protection. So income protection pays part of your income if you're not able to work. And it normally covers up to 85% of your pre-tax income. So this is your income before tax. And uh, this type of policy normally has its own definition of partial or total disability. Um, So you can be partially disabled to claim on your income protection, again, depending on the policy. And the other thing as well is that this type of policy normally has a waiting period and a benefit period. And uh, the waiting period could be 14 days, 30 days, 90 days, could be two years. And And what a waiting period is, is that if you were to injure yourself, these are the days or months that you'd have to be off work for before you can actually start being paid. Income protection also has a benefit period, and this is essentially once you are claiming on the insurance, how long you'll be paid for. And that could range from two years up until age 65 or higher. And income protection, whether you need income protection or not, again, depends on a few different factors, but it is normally the type of policy that many feel comfortable having um, because it covers them for temporary disablement. And normally in most situations, if one person wasn't working, it would severely affect the family's financial situation because they would normally rely on one person's income. If one person's the main breadwinner, sometimes it's equal between two people, but just without one income, their budget is suddenly in a deficit. There are so many different things. And income protection normally gives you that extra layer of peace of mind, knowing that if you were to be injured and you weren't able to do your job, that you have a backup there. Now, with these policies, there's two different types. There's indemnity and agreed value policies. So indemnity just means that if, when you do make a claim, the amount that you're insured for is a percentage of your salary when you make that claim. So if your salary has gone down since you set up the policy, you'll be paid less at the time. These are normally cheaper, uh, but are very useful for those with a stable income. The other type is agreed value, which insurance companies don't offer anymore. But this is where, but if you still have an agreed value policy, you most likely have kept it. These types of policies, pay you for an agreed amount from when the policy was taken out. Even if you're earning less now than you did when you first took it out, you'll be paid. Again, there are stepped to level premiums and you really get what you pay for. And when it comes to income protection, I'd really like to get into this topic, especially in one of our later episodes, but there are so many different features. There are so many different ins and outs. Um, you know, this income protection is a policy that can be held inside of super, can be held outside of super. All of these covers, but especially income protection, and TPD cover actually, and death cover, but mainly TPD and income protection, have very severe advantages and disadvantages of having the policy held inside or outside of super, or sometimes a combination of the both. The fourth type that I wanted to go through is trauma cover, um, and this is sometimes called critical illness cover. Um, it has a few other different names as well, uh, but this will pay you out if you are diagnosed with a critical illness or serious injury that makes it difficult to continue to work. Um, and as I said earlier, it's upon diagnosis, and it's sometimes called recovery insurance. It's a lump sum payment that pays you if you suffer a critical illness or serious injury. As I said before, cancer, heart attack, stroke, these are normally the the main things that people know trauma cover for, but as I said, most trauma policies will cover you for other types of things as well, and uh, the, this type of policy was initially set up, and it's is used very regularly to pay for out-of-pocket medical costs. So for example, you know, actually I'll get into that a bit later on, but out-of-pocket medical costs, um, living costs for you and your family, um, the cost of therapy, changes to housing if needed, um, and paying back debt, for example, a mortgage. Deciding if you need trauma cover um, is very important as well because to a lot of people it's, I have many, many, many clients which have friends or family members, that have seen somebody being diagnosed with cancer, for example, firsthand. And to them trauma cover is the most important policy of all of them because they've seen what that person's gone through. Again, it depends on someone's situation. Depends on affordability. Because this is the only type of insurance that can't be paid from super. So or anymore. It used to be back in the days, but not anymore. And it's it depends on affordability. Depends on your current situation, whether you actually need it. And whether you can even get it sometimes for health reasons. Um, and trauma cover again it's a lump sum payment it's upon diagnosis and what I want to talk about now is something with all these insurances something I hear a lot from people is oh I've got private health cover or "Oh, the public system's really good I've just got a friend that went through it and they had no issues whatsoever and what I say to that is that's cool but if god forbid something was to happen to you in 10 years how do you know the public system is going to be good or not at that point you know, whether you're going to get in fast enough and not be on a waiting list. The second thing is, even in today's climate, there are still waiting lists. There are still out-of-pocket costs for various things. In all this aside, the other thing, and again, this may not be important to you, but another really big factor, which is definitely important to me, is about giving you the choice. For example, if you are, God forbid, diagnosed with cancer or something like that, having this money means that you've got the choice to travel overseas to south america to see a witch doctor or to switzerland or to america or whatever or to see the best specialist in australia you've got the choice to do that because you have the money to do it and my argument in this situation would be is i'd rather give you the choice than have no choice at all and the other side of the coin just to let you know is even though we're talking about these different things that this insurance can go towards if you were to claim on one of these four things the money would just go straight to you it's up to you what it goes towards so while we talk about X amount for medical costs and X amount for this and that, the payment would just go to yourself. It's up to you how you spend that money. So you, at the time, you may just go through the public system. You might choose to do that, but you'll still receive the payment. So again, that's a, another misconception I just wanted to, to, to discuss because a lot of people will say, well, you know, yeah, the public system's great. I've got private health insurance, et cetera, et cetera. But these are the reasons. And again, it may not be important to you, but for me, it's about giving you the choice. It's about giving you that plan B. The other thing as well as many people say, you know, I've got clients, for example, that will have several investment properties. And they'll say, oh, if something happens to me, I'll just sell one of my properties. Okay. I get that. But the question I'll then ask is, would you like the choice to not have to sell that investment property? What if you were diagnosed with an illness and you don't want to sell that property for emotional reasons, or maybe it's a bad time in the market to sell that property? Um, or maybe that your retirement relies on that property. So the point I'm trying to get to here is that it's about giving someone the choice. It's about someone's personal circumstance Um, and everyone's situation is completely different. The, The biggest rule of thumb is to A, get financial advice. B, read the product disclosure statements, understand what you're doing or what the advisor you're talking to is proposing. And third of all, be comfortable with how much you have, whether you have lack of insurance, whether you have too much insurance, whether you have the amount that the advisor's recommended be comfortable with what you have, be comfortable with what you're paying so that you have no regrets. If you talk to anybody that's ever claimed on their insurance, most of the time, the first thing I hear them say is, I wish I took out more cover. But at the same time, if you talk to somebody that's had insurance for 20 years, the first thing they say is, I wish I didn't pay so much for insurance over the last 20 years. So it's a catch-22 and it's never an easy decision. It's never an easy decision. And as an advisor, all I can say, and if you talk to any advisor that you know, you know, it's over the years, every year, we'll do claims for clients. You know, when, when, it, when it comes to claim time, we play a big role in helping you in, through that process and stepping you through that process and helping you understand the paperwork and the situation and why this has to be done and why we have to wait for that. And we see all the time people claiming on this insurance. We see the effect that it's that it has on their lives. So for that reason, I'd probably say I believe in life insurance more than most people. Because I see the impact that it has, the positive impact, and I also see the negative impact of not having life insurance. Um, if you talk to anyone that's gone through a very serious medical event, most of the time, one of the things they'll mention is the financial stress. Uh, whether they were the breadwinner or not, they'll mention the financial stress in going through something like this. So, if you can, so as an advisor, if I can take away that financial stress, and if you can take away that financial stress by having the right cover, then it will just mean that you can recover, you can deal with the illness or the disability and be back to yourself. I hope today's helped. Please reach out to your financial advisor. If you don't have one, find one. Um, If you can't find one, do every bit of research you possibly can before setting up insurance. Um, But I can't stress enough the importance of advice in this area and I hope today you've learned a lot and that I've added some value to your plan B. Thanks for joining us on Sharing More Than The Sheets. Please make sure you subscribe to be updated with future episode releases. Please visit us at sharingmorethanthesheets.com.au to submit questions or requests for future podcast topics. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au.